0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Grounding Our Faith. In this podcast, we strive to make plain topics in the Bible, theology, and faith. In a world continually offering bizarre ideas, fighting for our attention and our allegiance, it's important now, maybe more than ever, to know what you believe and why you believe it. I'm your host, Paul Dacey, and this is Grounding Our Faith. Well, good morning and welcome back to Grounding Our Faith podcast, where we are taking some time to do an Advent devotional series uh, called The Christmas Playlist. And uh, today is the last one, and Pastor Lou is going to be looking at the Song of the Redeemed. Now, this is not necessarily uh, directly associated with the birth of Christ, as the previous ones that we have done, but certainly by extension, is an important song in in the life of Christ. As it culminates um, with the song that we will all be singing in heaven. So, if you'd like to follow along, he's going to be out of Revelation chapter seven, verses nine through twelve. Hello, everyone. We're going to be looking at Revelation chapter seven, verses nine through twelve, uh, for some thoughts. And uh, here is the passage. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Well, in this particular Christmas podcast series, we've focused upon songs that were sung about salvation, mostly from individuals and angels. And singing is a practice that brings what we believe in our head and the commitment of our heart all together. And all through salvation history, God's people love to sing about what God does. And so the book of Revelation you know, comes to play. is It is a systematic description of the coming tribulation that will strike the earth prior to the physical bodily return of the Lord Jesus to rule and reign on earth. And nestled in the middle of this chronological depiction of the future is a couple of necessary interludes that the Apostle John recorded to let us know about certain people who will be redeemed during that future time. Revelation 7 is that first interlude. And the first eight verses introduces us to the famous 144,000 who start ministering during the first half of the tribulation. And I believe that they are the initial Jewish remnant who helped lead the nation of Israel to repentance and a multitude of Gentiles as well. And it's this second group that's the focus of this podcast found in verses 9 through 12 and really through 17. And they're identified as the great multitude. During the tribulation period, Jews will not be the only converts. As in every age, God desires for the nations to come to know him through the agency of Israel, as she's the one through whom the Messiah comes. According to verses 13 through 15, this great multitude consists of believers coming out of the great tribulation. Some of them were martyred for their faith during the reign of Satan. And although this is describing those coming out of the great tribulation, it gives us a glimpse of what it will be like when all the redeemed of the ages will see each other, I believe the 24 elders is a reference to the resurrected church. And so believers are all together to celebrate the end of the rule of Satan. And several observations can be made. First, it will be an innumerable group. It will be so large that they can't be counted. And that should be a comfort to us to know that there will be so many that no one can count. And they're standing not under the throne waiting for the tribulation to be over, but standing in worship before God. I think uh, we sometimes envision that only a few people will come to know the Lord because we happen to know so many of our relatives and friends who don't seem to understand. But we need to to realize that God is busy working in lives around us in ways that we can't see right now. And they have white robes, and that speaks of resurrection and purity. They are made white by the blood of the Lamb. All our righteousness is as filthy rags, but Paul said he had the righteousness of Christ, and so do we. When we come to faith, Christ's righteousness is placed on us as represented by the white. And they also have palm branches, and palms have always been emblems of victory. You might think back, when was the last time we saw palm branches in people's hands? And you will realize it was when Christ entered into Jerusalem in the triumphal entry uh, as he rode down the mountainside into Jerusalem. And John, it seems to be linking that event with this one. Israel had the opportunity to receive their king, but the leaders of the nation rejected him. at this event, though, in the end times, they are welcoming and worshiping their king with palm branches in hand. The implication is that we should be encouraged to share the gospel. God's word will not return void. We may lose hope in this secular world, but God will win in the end. Even declaring the Christmas story, as we do every year, should be viewed as one more way in which many will come to know him. The world clutters the meaning, but we have a chance to cut through the glitter and present the truth. Well, the second thing we see about this group is that they are from every nation, every tribe and people group and language will be there. And that should be encouraging as well. And it gives us hope as we seek to send missionaries to foreign lands. In heaven, we're going to hear English, Spanish, Portuguese, Turkish, Hebrew, Yiddish, Finnish, Chinese, just to name a few. Heaven is not going to be filled with only Americans. The gospel is going to reach the ends of the earth as Christ intended, even if it doesn't happen until the tribulation. All who are gods are his because of what Christ did during his first advent. Our Lord was born, lived a holy life, and then was unjustly crucified for the sins of the whole world. And the whole world will be represented at this great event. Those who trust in the work of his first coming will be a part of his second coming. The third thing we see is they cry. Crying is not only a loud uh, yelp, it's, it's a term for singing. Only people who have been redeemed sing the songs of salvation, and that's what they sang around the throne. Again, this is why we sing so much, especially during the Christmas season. It's why we sing about salvation. Eternity starts here on earth at our salvation. And then we see in verses 11 through 12, the great multitude is before the throne. They're in the presence of God. This is heaven, joined by the elders, which again I believe is the church and the angels. All of creation will unite in perfect harmony. This does not mean that all we do is stand around singing in glory, but that will be a part of it. And we get a glimpse of the greatness of that day when we go to conferences where thousands of people are singing. It's glorious. And we get a little sense of it every week on the Lord's Day as we sing together. And what's their reward? Verses 15 through 17. Can you think of anything more worthwhile than to serve Him day and night in His heavenly temple? I can't. There will no longer be any hunger. All pain and agony will be gone. All of their needs will be met as they serve God. Suffering is past. In fact, tears will be wiped away. I mean, they are brought to the springs of the living water. And so they have a special place. All of us will. Protection and peace gives us hope. God wipes away our tears, and the Lamb is now our shepherd. Many years ago, Billy Graham was preaching on heaven and he said, someday you will read or hear that Billy Graham is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. I shall be more alive than I am now. I will just have changed my address and I have gone into the presence of God. Of course, those words came true on February 21st, 2018 when Graham died at the age of 99. But he had something else that he said. He said, when we all reach the end of our earthly journey, we will have just begun. We will be part of a great multitude. So here's what we should be learning from this passage. Our major role in heaven is acknowledging the glory of God. Are you getting in tune for an eternity of praising God? That's going to be our main role throughout eternity. Therefore, Let's all use this first advent of Christ, the celebration of Christmas, to practice singing for that great second advent when he returns. Reread the story of the birth of Christ to your children. Let them ask questions and wonder and seek to find the answers that we have at our fingertips in the word. Each family can stand before him and sing, even now, and God hears it. And that's really all that matters until that day that we're all singing together at the same time. But We wish you a blessed Merry Christmas and that it will be special to you. And Let's pray. Father, thank you for the promises of your word and all that uh, is in there to encourage us. And we pray that we would truly rejoice this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen.